Faith and Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bubbles, and welcome back to the second Sunday of Advent for the week of December 6th, 2020. I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig into this week's podcast. And what's happened? We're suddenly in December, and it's kind of just crazy and chaotic to be thinking that suddenly here we're in this last wrap-up of the year within the last 30 days of the year. And it's just been kind of a crazy, chaotic year. In a lot of ways, it's moved really quickly. And in a lot of ways, it's also moved incredibly slowly. And it's just been an odd year. And I think as all of us would say, this has been an extremely memorable year. And here we are in the new church year, like we talked about last week. And we're in this time of reflection and thinking about what this is all about, this anticipation of remembering of the wait for the child of Jesus initially as we wait for the second coming, but this idea of us kind of trying to wrap our head around waiting as it's kind of been a theme within this year a lot is how do we wait upon these different things? How do we advance and take steps forward and then all of a sudden things fall back? To me, in a lot of ways, it reminds me a lot of what we hear in the Old Testament with the people of Israel and how we're making steps forward and then we have steps back and we take more steps forward and we take more steps back. And it's kind of that difficult strain on why can't we just get our heads and hands around this whole thing and and part of it is, I think, part of it's that we have to reflect. We have to be able to reflect and soak this all in and absorb it and realize that it's not our time. It's God's time. And that sometimes is a hard pill to swallow. And it leads a little bit into the Twitter question that we had for last week of how are you being alert and awake in your own faith? Last week, we talked about how we have to be alert and awake in observations within science, and that's how this works. You have to be able and willing to do that. And I had some really interesting responses this week, but a lot of it kind of centering around the idea of, in a lot of ways, if we are willing and able to let what 2020 has been about, it's about getting us back to what are the fundamentals, what are the core, what is life really about? It's being prepared. It's preparing ourselves for Christ. It's preparing ourselves that any day we could be taken home. And in that, what does that all mean? What are the things that we need to do to be prepared and ready for that? And it's the idea of how are we, especially with our own faith, making sure we're connecting I had one that was really interesting. I did really like this. The person, and I quote, I recall a cartoon of an older woman reading her Bible. Two young kids are looking at her and one says she's studying for her finals. That's exactly where we're at. We're at this point of are we doing the studying and the reflection that we really need to be doing in this crazy chaotic year because that's what this year has been all about. So let's just jump into it as we are now into the second Sunday of this church year and we get the gospel out of Mark chapter 1 verses 1 to 8. And this is one thing we have to remember about Mark. Mark does not have a birth story, so we're kind of just jumping right into it. And we will have a couple other gospels here as we're kind of filling out Advent here. But we get this announcement of 
the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and references the prophet Isaiah right away, that it's sending a messenger ahead of you to prepare the way, a voice crying out of the wilderness to prepare the way of the Lord to make his path straight, which we'll have this section of Isaiah in our first reading this week. And talking about John the Baptizer here and how he was doing baptisms for the forgiveness of sins. And then goes a little bit into how he's clothed in camel's hair, which we've talked about before, and a leather belt around his waist and eating locusts and wild honey. And we'll kind of talk briefly about these things this week. But proclaiming that someone more powerful than him is coming and that at that point, it's going to be this transition. And we get this powerful verse coming from verse 8. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Awesome, super powerful reading this week. The first reading this week is out of Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 to 11. And this is where, out of Mark's text, we're getting references out of this. But it's trying to comfort God's people here that God is still with them and still hearing their cries. That there will be someone coming at some point where God will forgive these sins and will lead the tribe of Israel out. And it's kind of this beautiful, beautiful section reminding them of the power of what God is and who God is and that there is this power within of the things that he is able to create and all these things that are standing and looking to God for the strength that God has. And it states here in verse 11, he will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather his lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. So this idea of we're all in this together, we're acknowledging the power of God, but yet here we are still a flock of sheep. We're going to be still kind of corralled together and we're going to be around this good shepherd. The psalm this week is Psalm 85, verses 1 and 2, and 8 through 13. So this is reminding us of that God pardons our sins. And in doing that, when we are seeking God and seeking the wisdom of God and listening for his voice, that's when we start realizing the turn in our heart. We start connecting and understanding in the steadfast love and faithfulness that he has and that the love that God has for us and the character of God will then start being portrayed out in us. The second reading this week is out of 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 8-15. through 15. So here we are, again, Second Peter coming from the back end of the New Testament here. We have this reminder of God is not ignoring us and is not just putting off the promises that have been made. It's that it's God's time and that we have to be patient and understanding that and that some of these things will then come very quickly. But I really like, and what stood out for me this week is out of verse 10, that the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a loud noise, and the elements will dissolve with fire, and the earth and everything that is done on it will be disclosed. Then continues on here, going into some type of doxology here at the end, where it's kind of reminding us of who God is, and that 
here at the very final verse, remembering that Paul has been continuing to write. But this idea of, again, of who our God is and the character of God, and that a lot of these things of this life are passing. So it's something to remember with that. So before we jump into how faith and science come together this week, we have to do our shameless plug for Working Preacher. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it between their Sermon Brainwaves podcast, their commentaries, their discussions, having four different seminary professors on a weekly basis being able to talk about these different readings. That's just for the Revised Common Lectionary. There's a whole other podcast for the Narrative Lectionary, if you happen to be on that, along with a decade plus worth of commentaries on all these readings. Plus, since I'm not an ordained minister, having all these different biblical scholars to be able to reference at a keystroke and for free, if you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it because it's what helps me every week bring you this podcast. So if you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it and checking out www.workingpreacher.org. A lot going on this week, a lot to consider, a lot to be thinking about. But I think one of the things that we have to remember here is a couple things, a couple elements here. First, in the Mark text, we're getting that section and verses two and three coming out of Isaiah, referencing coming out of the wilderness. And then we get this description of John the baptizer in the wilderness and here we are, you know, these the voice coming out of the wilderness, which we have to remember that as Isaiah is talking about this, it's to a group of people who have been wandering around in the desert for 40 plus years and know what it's like to be in the wilderness and feeling like they're crying out and not being heard. And it's interesting because then we have this image here of John the Baptizer being in camel's hair with a leather belt, eating locusts and wild honey, which, side note, super, super awesome description here. Camel's hair, as we've talked about before, kind of a similar consistency in a way to wool that it has properties of both keeping you warm when it's cool outside, but also being able to wick heat away. So it's a super valuable clothing item, especially for someone who's spending a tremendous amount of time out in the wilderness. Leather being, you know, a dried skin of an animal, again, can be very strong, very tough, being able to withstand and hold up to the elements really well. Locusts, and I'll attach some of the nutritional information about locusts down below, essentially a grasshopper, but again, a lot of easy, cheap protein there, along with being able to have a lot of nutrients, very dense food right there, and wild honey being a food that doesn't spoil easily at all, being able to have a lot of antibacterial type of properties within that, can, that can be very useful for treating wounds along with just helping basic health. So a really interesting here diet that we're having in description of John the Baptizer. But I heard a sermon this last week, shout out to Pastor Linnea Papke Larson talking about the wilderness. And I think she was on to something this week. And especially coming from a science perspective, I think there's things that we have to look at. And I think when we're looking at the 
crying out and recognition that we get within Isaiah, talking about the creation of God and what God is all in control of, which is somewhat echoed somewhat through the psalm even in bits and pieces, but also this idea of listening and being awake and aware, similar to last week. But I think the the key verse that I read out of Second Peter in verse 10 here in chapter 3, talking about things passing away and dissolving, but being aware of it, that it's going to be very quick and sudden, but that our patience is waning. I think all of these come together. So hear me out on this. Pastor Linnea brought up that the wilderness is this place that we both dread and we long for at the same time. How often we think about the wilderness and we think about, you know, wild animals and how untamed, rugged it is being out in the wilderness, unconnected, and how there is uh, almost a fear, but the fear of the unknown that is part of that. But yet within our culture, at least here in the northern United States, we also have this desire of, I got to get up to the lake. I got to get up to the north woods. I got to get out into nature. I got to get away from it all. Hence why the national parks within the United States is one of the most visited places within the country where people are wanting to go and see these pristine landscapes as best as we can keep them as for the amount of people that go through there. And that's another story for another day. But this idea of we want to be able to see nature in all its glory and ability, but yet we don't want to fully live in that because that's a place of danger and the unknown. We look at Jesus and we take this from a scriptural standpoint, Jesus is tempted in the wilderness, but yet how often Jesus goes away to pray, essentially getting away from the day-to-day you could argue, into the wilderness to pray. And I find this just fascinating, especially out of that Second Peter text, because he's bringing up that we have to be patient and slow, and then coming out of verse 10 and how suddenly things can quickly just vanish, disappear, if we aren't being aware, if we aren't being alert, if we aren't being observant. Stop me if this sounds a little bit like last week's podcast. I know that's one of the things for me as I'm still fairly young, but I've watched the change of life, the places that I remember as a child going to and just memorizing and how time moves on and things change and suddenly I go back to these spots and things are different. The trees are different or the landscape is different. Or something's happened that's totally changed that spot, that ecosystem. Sometimes for the better and sometimes not. It's the whole process of succession, right? This idea of how over time land turns over. We see this with forests and as they continue to grow and the different types of birds and habitat that you have from a young field moving into a young forest, into a middle age to old forest. And as that continues to cycle, we see this within lakes and ponds and all these different cycles of nature that we have. And is that not what God is somewhat talking about here in these texts? To me, especially the Second Peter text on how 
be observant, absorb what's going on, listening for God, because things that you might be taking for granted might disappear. So be willing and able to slow down to admire the wilderness, because you don't know when things are going to change and suddenly that's not there anymore. It's suddenly not the way that you remember it. And that's, you know, for me being a conservation type of person, we're trying to conserve that as long as you can, but also realizing that there is a point where things are never going to be the same every time you go. You know, it's just like our relationship with God, that it should be this continued growing thing, that things shouldn't be this stagnant thing that we come back to and it's the same relationship over and over again. If it's not a growing relationship, what are we doing? Anybody who's married will talk about how the person that they married, over time, they grow together and things change and they're not the same people anymore. But that's okay because they've continued to grow. Our faith should be the same way. And here we are getting this voice of talking about absorbing and recognizing what is going on out in the wilderness, recognizing and being aware enough to see that. And that's where we get between the Isaiah text and the psalm. When we are doing that, when we are going to these places and being observant, going with an open heart, it's in those places and in those times that that's when God will start to speak if we allow him to and to if we're willing to listen. I don't know about you on the other end of this microphone, but I know for me there's been plenty of times in life That's where I go is out into the wilderness when things are hard, when I need clarity, when I need those times to listen, to calm my mind, to get away from life for a while. It's in the wilderness is where I go. I wonder when we're getting these texts of, you know, the temptation out in the wilderness and all these, is this really a negative thing or is it God just saying there's a transition here? This is a moment where we're having a turning, a changing. Might be small, it might be big. Because we even get to the Garden of Gethsemane right before Christ's crucifixion. And you could argue that he was going out into the wilderness off on his own to prepare as the world was about to change yet again. A lot of times for me, when I'm out in nature, I bring a camera with me, and part of that is to to document, to capture, to try to hold on to those moments as much as you can, realizing that they're fleeting, realizing that just as fast as the moment is here, the moment is gone. Getting back into the, what we talked about last week with observational science, that's exactly why you have to stay be alert, pay attention. But in the same breath, If you're just alert, awake, to notice, are you actually absorbing? Because part of science and part of being human, I would argue, is being able to absorb the experience. Being able to take in that process of absorbing the environment and trying to learn in that moment while you're breathing in that fresh air, while you're trying to take in that moment and absorb it, and process it, and understand it. It's going to be useful to be able to help in the discussion section of the paper. It's going to be helpful if things aren't going right to be able to try to process and understand why. Because even the scientist needs to be able to take that moment to process, to understand, to listen. 
One of the things that I've done a few times, and I've gotten the privilege of joining a, some very good birders on doing point count surveys. And point count surveys are essentially that you get assigned by some organization or a state natural resource board to go out and they will arrange how far in between point counts you have to be. And it has to be between usually within the first four hours of the day or so because that's when birds are singing the most. And you walk your distance between point counts, and then you stand there and listen for 10 minutes. And you have a circle, and you try to jot roughly where are these birds coming from and how many of each species. But it's that moment of its anticipation, its excitement. It's trying to process all this information, but it's sitting there and listening and absorbing And I've sat there and listened, and it's amazing how much we can learn just by standing in a spot for 10 minutes and listening. You start learning where the nests of the different birds are. You start learning how complex the environment is. You start realizing, as you do many more of them, the key features of having different types of plant life and how that affects ecosystems. You start realizing when an ecosystem is either having issues or it's starting to transform. It's starting to be something different. It's being out in the wilderness and listening for the call of birds, talking, speaking, telling you what's going on. The question is, is this someone being keen and aware enough to listen? The tracker walking through the woods, making note of all the different marks along the trail while keeping ears open to hear if I'm possibly stumbling across something. Am I tracking so well that I'm actually creeping up on something? Last week, a lot of it was being alert, awake, this consciousness we talk about and just being head on a swivel type of idea. This week, we're much more looking and thinking about the calmness that you need to have, the alertness, but with your ears. How many times with birding, people talk about how do you become a good birder? You listen. Not only to birders who have done way more birding than you, but there's a lot of times that you're not going to be identifying birds by sight. You're going to be identifying them by sound. So you need to have good ears. You need to listen. You need to be quiet and listen. It's weird for me as a person who loves to talk to say that one of my favorite things is birding, but it is. It's the moment that I have to slow down and listen. I can't talk my way into hearing birds. It's whispering to another person, trying to point, trying to locate, and seeing if we can catch a glimpse, just as we are trying to catch a glimpse of what God is trying to communicate to us or getting a glimpse of the beauty of God, being out in the wilderness One final story that we'll have this week before we wrap this up. As we are getting close now to, as I mentioned last week, the three-year anniversary, it means it's almost almost three years ago, and this year in March, I did a trip down to Kearney, Nebraska to chase down some sandhill cranes and sandhill crane migration. And I did a podcast talking about that remarkable experience. But one of the things that I distinctly remember is I had my camera with me, and we, my dad and I were going to take pictures of mostly sandhill cranes. We found some snow geese and we were taking some pictures of them. And for three days, I was out there hearing cranes, trying to figure out compositions, taking pictures, having a ball. And every night going back and analyzing my photos and trying to figure out what do I need to be doing to get better pictures every single time that I was out there. 
And the final day, we get to our spot where we're going to take pictures as the sun is coming up. And there's a buzz as there is a whooping crane. Whooping cranes, there's less than 10,000 whooping cranes left in the world. And there's one standing out there amongst all these sandhill cranes and kind of looking like Jesus as sandhill cranes kind of have this grayish tint and this big white, almost pure white bird standing another foot taller than all of them is standing out there. And I distinctly remember I was texting a good friend of mine when finally the whooping crane took off. So I missed the initial takeoff. But I What I was prepared for was when it was flying, and as it's flying toward me, circles back around, and then cuts across me, I glance in my lens and see what settings I am at, and based off of all the work that I had done that week, those few days actually, I knew that my settings of the camera were perfect. It was Tyler now put that focus spot on that bird and fire away and get those shots that you're wanting with this camera. And I did. It was all this preparation that I had done for a few days to prepare for that moment to get the pictures that I didn't even know that I would be able to pull out of this trip. And it was one of the highlights of this trip, hence I'm talking about it three years later. It's very similar to this proclamation coming out of the wilderness. This person to prepare the way for Jesus. John the baptizer preparing the way for us to have the Holy Spirit. This preparing us physically, emotionally, spiritually for what this was about to have us embark on. While I was out there, yes, I was being alert, awake. I was also being observant, but I was also listening. I was being studying. I was spending time and work and effort and concentrating on the craft that I was trying to work on at that time, just like any scientist will with their experiments. But in all that, listening to what was going on around me, listening in a way of studying the photos and listening to, is that what you artistically was going for? Or is there something that you need to change to make sure you get the result you're looking for? In science, in life, in nature, it's the moments that you don't expect that you have to be ready for. And it's have you prepared for them, especially with photography. Yes, nature can be a scary place, a place that we don't want to go to, but it can also be a place of relax, amazement and relaxation and energy and a filling of the soul balance that we fight and find with faith. In this time, how well are we listening? And that's your Twitter question this week. How well in this time are you listening? Listening can be taken in a lot of different ways. It can be actually truly hearing, or is it listening to as you are looking over stuff and studying your stuff and it just, this isn't right. Listening to your internal self, the Holy Spirit stirring within you. Are you listening in this time? As we are in this time of Advent, of preparation, of preparing, it's a key part of that. The hustle and bustle that we are accustomed to many Advent and Christmas seasons in a lot of ways this year has been cut, isn't there. And 
I would argue that maybe this is the most true Advent, that we have to be alert, awake, and listening for what Christ is trying to do to prepare us for his coming and remind us of his initial coming. Like many of us, we love to fill ourselves with busyness and being talkative and noise. How well are we slowing down enough to listen? Because even Jesus went into the wilderness knowing that there might be temptation, but allowing the Holy Spirit to talk in those times, to talk in those storms. Or when Jesus is overwhelmed at Gethsemane, he goes by himself into a small wilderness to pray, to listen to the Holy Spirit talk. Brothers and sisters, as we are going through this storm, make sure that we are listening enough so that we can actually get through the storm. Listening to where the Holy Spirit is steering us to go. Because just like in science where we have to slow down enough to analyze, to listen, to discuss, to think, faith isn't that much different, and it's not that much different than the wildlife photographer sitting and waiting and preparing for that shot and going through the hundreds of thousands of hours preparing and analyzing before getting the shots that they were hoping to with their camera. Life is not that much different. Our faith needs to be the same way. So, we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.